Live from Cambridge, Massachusetts, Cambridge Vintage Mystery Players are pleased to present the Calamitous Candy Conspiracy Conundrum. It's 1927, and as home to the biggest and most modern candy factory ever built, Cambridge is the candy capital of the world. But underneath all that sweetness, mystery lurks. One, scene one, Marshall Detective Agency, Cambridge. Come in. Hey, are you two of the Marshall Danes? Uh, this is the Marshall Detective Agency, and we are the proprietors, and who might you be, young whippersnapper? Uh, sorry, pal. We can't afford to hire an office boy right now. We can barely make the rent as it is. I'm Tommy McAllister, and I don't need a job. I've got a job for you, but I don't have a lot of money. Oh, never mind about the money right now. How did you find out about us? Uh, my cousin Mary worked for your parents as a housemaid before your mother. Um, well, that is... It's okay. You can spit it out. Before our mother took off for New York and then around the world to lecture on women's suffrage. You shred it, Wheat. We're proud of the work Mother and Auntie May are doing. So, what's the case? My sister Anne works at the massive candy factory right here in Central Square, and well, she's disappeared. Disappeared? How long has she been gone? Pull up a pew, kid, and tell us the whole story from the beginning. Well, I've been working at Massive Candy Company since it opened earlier this year. It's the largest and most modern candy factory in the world. How old are you? Ten. Shouldn't you be in school instead of working in the factory? Cambridge is some of the best public schools in the entire nation. I had to leave school and get a job with eight kids in the family and my dad out of work. My parents need all the money Anne and I can bring in. So tell us about Anne and how long she's been missing. Anne used to work as a ship supervisor at Tiny Confectionery until Massive Candy bought them a few months ago. Now she works in the assembly line. That must have been hard for her after she had worked her way up to the supervisor job. You betcha. She was steaming mad about having to go back to the line and got bossed around by a supervisor named Mr. Wiggins. So when did she disappear? About a week ago. She told me that she thought there was something fishy going on at the factory. Did she say anything about who was involved? She said it went all the way up to the top and that she was going to expose them no matter what it took. That was Wednesday and it's Friday now. She hasn't been at home or at work since. Did she say anything else? I can't think of anything, but I know you Danes, uh, I mean, ladies, will be able to find her. Cousin Mary says you're the best detectives in New York, Cambridge, or anywhere. What is your job at the factory anyway? I work for the big boss of the guy Friday. A dollar a week and all the candy I can eat. All the candy you can eat? Well, when the rejects are from the assembly line and nobody's looking. <laughs> okay, kid. You better get a wiggle on back to work and leave this to us or you'll get strapped by the boss. We'll find your sister in no time flat. Yes, check back in with us tomorrow for news. Okie dokie. Oh, I just remembered. Anne said she was going to hide a clue in a music box so it would be found if anything happened to her. Does she have a music box? Nope, gotta scram. 
one, scene two, Brigham's Ice Cream Parlor, Cambridge. I'm glad we decided to come to Brigham's instead of Bailey's. Better peppermint stick ice cream. It's the cat's meow, all right. We have to figure out how to get inside the massive factory so we can find out what happened to Anne. Good idea. It's the largest and most modern candy factory in the world, working 24 hours a day, so they must always be hiring people. You're right. Look, here in the positions vacant section of the Chronicle. Girls wanted for shift work at Massive Candy. And look, here, confidential secretary to company president, apply Massive Candy Company, experienced only. Oh, no, not again. Why do I always have to be the secretary? Because you're experienced. Remember your job for Madame Varetsky. <laughs> Sis, I don't think the president will be impressed by the fact that I worked for a fraudulent medium who swindled her clients out of thousands. Good point. You may need to describe your position with Madame V as uh, secretary to a well-known lady who left Boston due to wait demand overseas for her lectures. Instead of blowing town one step ahead of the police, you're right. You'll be a confidential secretary, so you should be able to snoop around the president's office, no problem. I'll be down on the factory floor getting covered in candy goop and trying to find out about Anne from her co-workers. We'd better hightail it back to the office to get ourselves looking just right for our interviews. Hey, who's that dame spouting off in front of this joint? And I exhort you, sisters and brothers, beware of the demon rum and its handmaiden sugar. All around us, poisoning children and adults alike, rotting out teeth, causing delirium, destroying families. Sheesh. What a nutcase. She looks familiar somehow. I know what you mean. Thankfully for you, brothers and sisters, I have a patented cure for this madness, which I have right here for only $1 a bottle, two for $1.50. Step right up and get them before they're gone. Don't let the delirium destroy your family. Okay, missus, that's enough. Back up and move along. We've got laws against hucksters. Come on, step lively. Move along, folks. Nothing to see here. Stop by my office at 438 Mass Ave to get your cure while supplies Keep last. Keep it moving, lady. As used by the crowned heads of Europe. 438 Mass Ave? She's that crazy dame from the first floor of our building. That must be why she seems so familiar. I guess so, but I've this feeling I know her from somewhere else. Two, scene one, massive candy factory, dipping room. This is where the dipping starts, Louise. The conveyor belt brings all the molded centers for the chocolates, and we make sure the dipper machine is running smoothly so each batch gets dipped, then dropped in the drying basket and moves on to the next section. What do I look out for to keep the dipper machine running? 
there's lots of things. The chocolate can get too thick for dipping, so we have to keep stirring it. The molded centers can get stuck in the molds, especially the creams. Girls, so then we have to back to work and stop the chatting. Mr. Desmond isn't paying you good wages to stand around gossiping. This isn't afternoon tea time at the Sheridan Commander. <laughs> but, Mr. Wiggins, this is Louise's first day. I, I was just explaining to her to out make of sure you, that nothing Gladys. goes wrong. With the you're getting as bad as Miss High and Mighty Anne McAllister. But, uh, Louise, if you need any help in learning how to do your job, you can come see me after your shift ends. <laughs> I guess he told you, Missy, just because you were friends with Anne from working at Tiny Candy doesn't mean you can get away with talking back to the boss. And now that Anne seems to be gone for good, you don't have anyone to stand up for you. Thanks, Molly. I was just about to warn Louise about your spitefulness, but you're taking care of that for yourself. And Anne's only been gone a few days. I just know she'll be back soon. Who's Anne? She works here in the dipping room. She used to be a supervisor back when we worked together at Teeny Candy Company. Then when Massive bought Teeny and we started working here, they made her go back to working on the line. You mean she used to work here in the dipping room? I'll just bet she took off once she realized that she won't ever get to be a supervisor again. Massive doesn't let girls do that kind of job. Why do you sound so happy about that, Molly? Do you think it's fair that no matter how hard we girls work, we can never make the same wages or have the same jobs that men do? Is that still true? It's been seven years since women got the vote and I thought so many things had changed in that time. Maybe things have gotten better for rich women, but for most of us, we're just thankful to have a job that pays $5 a week for six 12-hour shifts and Sundays off. You work 72 hours a week? That's one of the things Anne's trying to change. She's been trying to start a union to protect the rights of workers like us. She says workers in other factories around the country and the world are forming unions. To protect their rights of workers. What she's going to do is make all of us lose our jobs. Haven't you heard about the lockouts and shutdowns at other factories when people try to bring unions in? I need this job. Don't cry, Molly. And would never let something like that happen. But where can she be? How long has she been missing? She worked her full shift on Wednesday. We usually take the trolley home to North Cambridge together, but that evening she said she had something to do and she would see me tomorrow morning. That was the last time I saw of her. She's missed two days of work and Mr. Wiggins is rubbing his hands together at the thought of being able to fire her. She misses one more day. Did she seem any different than usual on Wednesday or say anything about what she might be doing that night? Why are you so interested? You don't even know Anne. Are you some kind of detective? Shh, Mr. Wiggins is coming. Look lively, girls. You've got a big batch of cherry cordials coming your way and you know how those can gum up the works if you're not careful. <laughs>
Act two, scene two. President's office, massive candy. So you can see, Miss Marshall, how imperative it is that I have an efficient secretary. My family has been in the confectionery business since before the Civil War. And when, with the opening of our new factory, Cambridge is now the candy capital of the world. <laughs> yes, Mr. Desmond. I can certainly see how important your work is. Now, you said your previous position was with, was with a Mrs. Varetsky. What kind of business was she in and what were your duties? Mrs. Varetsky was a lecturer on philosophical and spiritual matters, and she had many consultations with members of Boston and Cambridge society. I scheduled her lectures and meetings and handled her confidential correspondence. Confidential correspondence. <laughs> That's an important part of this job, too. <laughs> Why did you leave this lady's employment? She had to, I mean, she was invited to leave Boston and travel around the world lecturing and consulting to the crowned heads of Europe. Crowned heads of Europe, indeed. <laughs> well, it sounds like you will be just the right young lady for this job. <laughs> I'll just show you around the office. This is my desk. And over here is your typewriter table with the phone so you can answer my calls. Please answer Office of President Desmond. And over here in this locked cabinet is my music box collection. Music box collection? Yes. I inherited it from my father, and he inherited it from his father. Uh, it's one of the finest collections in the world, which is why I always keep it locked and the key stays on my watch chain. Darn. So, let's get started. I have a stack of correspondence here that needs to be answered. Act two, scene three, speakeasy. Well, as I say, <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then I thought it was you. Mine was messy. I never thought I could stick the smell of chocolate, but the noise of the machinery, it is unbelievable. Well, I was reminded once again why I want to be a detective instead of a secretary. <laughs> Good afternoon, Officer President Jasmine. Who does he think he is? President Coolidge, for Pete's sake. <laughs> you slay me, sis. But at least you got to stay clean up there in the office. I felt like a ragamuffin when I was done with my shift. Even though Desmond is all wet, I did find out one useful thing when he was beating his gums. He has a collection of music boxes in his office. Well, if it isn't my two favorite nieces, waiter, bring these girls some more tea and make mine a double. Hey, Auntie May, we didn't know you were back in town. I'm just here for a week to settle some financial matters, and then I'll be heading back to England to help your mother and Mrs. Pankhurst to convince those blowhards in Parliament 
to grant the right to vote to women under the age 30 as well. So where else have you been spreading the word about women's suffrage? All over Europe, but there's still a lot of work to be done. Uh, enough about me. How's the detective business? Well, our current client is a 10-year-old factory worker who's hired us to find his missing sister, who also works at Massive Candy. We were shocked to find out that he's working in a factory instead of attending school. But he told us he had to quit school and get a job to help take care of his family. And what a job. <clears throat> I went undercover today as a line worker in the chocolate dipping room. And you wouldn't believe the number of hours people work for five smackers a week while the girls get five smackers, while the men get eight for doing the same job. Unfortunately, I do believe it. One of the things your mother and I have learned in our travels is that the factory worker is the modern peasant, forced to do labor untold hours for a pittance just to survive. Once we've sorted out women's suffrage, our next mission is to improve working conditions and salaries for all workers, especially women. I think that may be why Anne disappeared. I learned from her co-workers today that she'd been talking about bringing a union into the factory. Bosses wouldn't be happy about that. Well, at least this isn't Chicago. I read in the paper that bootleggers were discovered siphoning off sugar from candy factories and make their hooch in basement stills. Not that I have anything against the old giggle juice. This may not be Chicago, Auntie May. But Cambridge is now home to the biggest candy factory in the world, which means a huge supply of sugar. And we are in a speakeasy right now, so this giggle juice must be coming from somewhere. So we gotta get a wiggle on, Auntie May. It's time to go and smash some music boxes. Smash music boxes? No time to explain. Meet us back here tomorrow night. Hopefully we'll have Anne with us. Three, scene one, Mr. Desmond's office, later that evening. I knew there must be a good reason why I didn't shingle my hair. Lots of handy hairpins for lock picking. Hurry up. We've got to get our hands on those music boxes and Anne's clue before somebody finds us in here. Come out of there with your hands up. I gotta get it. I ain't afraid to use it. Keep your hair on, Half Pint. We're here working for you. Miss Marshall? What are you doing here? Don't be all wet, Tommy. Get in here and shut the door before we all get caught. Do you really have a gun? Nah, I just said that to scare the crooks. What are you doing in here? You're the one who told us that Anne left a clue in a music box. Well, yeah. Never thought of that. The boss doesn't like me coming into his office, so I've never seen the music boxes. I got the cabinet open! Add a Girl, sis. Sheesh, there must be 50 music boxes here. How are we going to figure out which one it is? Oh, yeah, I just remembered. Anne loves the carousel in Boston Common. Are any of those music boxes carousel horses? That is a good clue. Let's look for all the ones with carousel horses. Okay, we've narrowed it down to three. Tommy, do you have a sledgehammer?
Darn. Not that one. Okay, let's try the next. That one was a palooka too. Grab that one on the top shelf and let's give it a try. I gotta admit, this smashing is kind of fun. Yeah, until we get caught and end up in the hooskow. Okay, here goes. the sweetness. That's it? That's not much of a clue. Oh, there was an awful lot of noise down in the basement when I was getting the sledgehammer. Usually it's pretty quiet. I wonder what's going on down there tonight. The basement. The basement. I'll keep watch at the top of the stairs while you go down. Scene two, Massive Candy Factory Basement. See what Tommy meant about all the noise? What is going on down here? They're using sugar from the candy factory to make liquor. Liquor? Miss <gasps> McAllister, I presume? Yes. Boy, am I glad to see you, whoever you are. I'm down to my last junior mint. Yeah. I'm Louise, and this is my sister Alice. Your brother Tommy hired our detective agency to find you. I knew I could count on Tommy. So you found the right music box and figured out the clue? You girls hit on all sixes. Never mind that. Tell us about the bootleggers. Well... I've been snooping on Wiggins for a while because I thought he was trying to stop the unionizing work I'm doing. Last Thursday, at the end of my shift, I saw him sneaking down to the basement and I decided to follow him. You could have knocked me over with a wet noodle when I found out that he was working with the bootleggers to make hooch and ship it out on the old horse-drawn drays Massive used to use to deliver candy before they got trucks. Did Wiggins catch you? Yes, I did. Oh, not again. <laughs> well, if it isn't the new girl on the line and President's new secretary, I was already suspicious when two well-educated girls started working in this factory on the same day. Oh, quit beating your gums, Wiggins. You think you're such a big man because you can lord it over poor girls like Gladys and Molly who need to keep their jobs? But you're just a piker. When we have a union... Well, you won't be having a union, Missy, because you and your interfering friends are about to go gum up the works in the dipping room. <laughs> Louise, you'll get the answer to all your questions about what can go wrong. Sheesh, this is beginning to sound like a story from the pulps. Tough babies, eh? You'll be laughing out the other side of your mouth when my associates get here with their gats to take you upstairs. Says you, bub. Wiggins, what is the meaning of this? Ah! What the oh. Uh, President Desmond, <laughs> I can explain. These girls were down here snooping in the basement. I was just telling them.
scene three, speakeasy. <laughs> anyway, I said to her, if you I say, say get on it, I like it, actually. It's amazing. <laughs> so Wiggins almost bust a gut trying to tell President Desmond his side of the story, but it didn't get him very far. Attaboy, Tommy, for calling President Desmond at home. If it wasn't for him, we'd have been dipped in chocolate and shipped to a confectioner's near you. <laughs> but what is Desmond going to do about the whole mess? That's the best part. In order to avoid a scandal, Desmond let the bootleggers quietly slip away and gave Wiggins the bum's rush so he won't be able to bully factory girls anymore. Desmond didn't realize how bad things were for the workers, especially the unfairness of girls getting paid less for the same jobs and not being able to be promoted. His wife was active in the women's suffrage movement and agreed with Anne that the largest and most modern candy factory in the world should have the most fairly treated workers in the world too. So Anne, are you gonna get your old supervisor job back and keep working on organizing the union? What I'd really like to do is travel around the country and even the world helping workers, especially women, to get fair treatment. But there's no way I can afford to do that because my family needs my salary. That's why we invited you here to meet Auntie May tonight. Uh, Miss McAllister, how would you like to be part of the newly funded International Women's Equality Network? Your job would be to travel around the country and the world lecturing and working for women's rights. Uh, well, that is, I, I would love to do that, but how will I be able to help support my family? So don't worry about that, my dear. The position comes with an excellent salary and lots of fun benefits, including visits to speakeasies, pubs, and bistros. That sounds like the bee's knees, Auntie May. But where'd you get all that dough? The financial matter that brought me back from England was the trust in your grandmother's will. Your mother and I came into a substantial sum of money that will help to support our work. That's great news. So Anne, are you going to take the job? And how? Waiter, another round of tea to celebrate. Girls, I stopped by your office on my way here and there was an exceedingly odd woman on the first floor. She tried to sell me some tonic that would save me from the evils of liquor and sugar, if you can believe it. <laughs> that reminds me, Alice. As I was leaving the office tonight, that dame stopped me and said, Tell your sister she will meet her future husband again tonight. Wacky, huh? Hey, who's that guy that keeps looking over at a table? Isn't that the reporter from the Globe that we met during the suffragist sabotage case? I always thought he was kind of sweet on you, sis. Well, Miss Marshall, it is you. I'm James Morrison from the Globe. I was really impressed with your work on the suffragist case, but when I tried to find you for an interview, you were gone. My sister and I moved to New York for a few years and just came back in Cambridge recently, Mr. Morrison. Oh, Mr. Morrison, this is my sister Louise and our Auntie May and our friend Anne McAllister, the world-renowned labor organizer. Good evening, ladies. 
Mr. Morrison. Miss Marshall. Oh, uh, but I'm sure it must be Mrs. Something by now. Call me Alice, and I'm still a free woman. And what is your wife's name? I don't have a wife. Alice, uh, would you like to cut a rug with me? Absolutely.